This is part one of two of a series on Adam Goods in which I get topical, which is rare for me. In fact, I don't think I've ever done an episode on a topic that is a debate in the news, a current debate. Um, I, I, um, I tend to stay apolitical. Uh, I, I mention in passing things that are being debated, but primarily my uh, podcast is about exploring things, not debating things. Uh, and I, um, well, is this a debate? Yes, I think I do end up debating this one, which is, again, rare for me. Uh, I'm into dialectic, or monolectic, as I like to call it. Uh, now, but this one, I end up, I think I come close to debating this one with myself. Uh, but the thing is, I get nowhere. I go one way, then the other, then the other, then the other. And I very much get nowhere. Um, and um, so if you're the sort of person who listens to podcasts to see where the, where the bloke is going with whatever he's talking about, you've come to the wrong place. And I say that sort of stuff all the time because I'm not into coming up with answers. I'm into just exploring. Um, but this one, you know, leans in the direction of almost a debate. Yeah, a debate with myself. <laughs> um, if I do get anywhere, it's to end up um, with, the, uh, with the claim that I think if I had been in one of the crowds, which was booing Adam Goods back in the day, as they say, uh, I think I would have disapproved. Okay? That's about as strong as I get. All right. Uh, now, yeah, this is all journey and no destination. But that's not such a bad thing, is it? Uh, the world is full of destination these days, especially with the rise of social media. Uh, seven billion people telling everyone where they're going, telling everyone where to go and what to do, how to think, how to feel. You know, the world is so full of that that I, in this podcast, am opting out only because I think there's enough people telling people what to think. I say that over and over again because who knows where in this podcast people are going to pop in and have a listen. And, you know, I don't want to be bundled in with all the people in the world telling everyone what to think. And just quietly, um, Adam Goods in an Australia Day acceptance speech, acceptance of, you know, the title Australian of the Year, uh, he said something similar. I don't want to tell you what to think. You know? And in this, Adam Goods and I are alike. And all the people lecturing 
everybody else in the world as to how they should have acted in the Adam Goods affair uh, aren't taking a leaf out of Adam Goods's songbook, are they? I think they aren't, you know. Um, I don't mind Adam Goods' style in the end, after having reflected upon it in the coming episode. Uh, but I can't say the same for a lot of people uh, who, who are commentating in the news, commenting in the news, who um, really are doing the verbal equivalent of road raging their fellow Australians. fellow Australians deserve to be road raged in their minds, these road ragers, even if they deserve that, road raging never works. Uh, I'll come back to that road raging metaphor in about four or five hours of Talking after about four or five hours of talking in this two part series, I really do know how to talk and get nowhere. But before I do get on to Adam Goods, um, I first start fishing around for something to talk about because that's what I do sometimes. Um, you know, I don't quite know what I'm going to talk about, so I just waffle on about something and hope something comes of it. Um, and that's how this episode goes as well. So first, I just start waffling on about something, the way I do. And the thing that I start waffling on about is, you know, you could call seven different Australians, uh, uh, seven different Australias, you know. Um, and then... Yeah, I finally figure out what I'm going to talk about, which involves, I think, three of those seven Australias. Um, Indigenous Australia, certainly, and what you might call British Australia, certainly. You know, the clash between those two cultures, you know, um, it all comes together in the person of Adam Go in the Adam Goods saga um, that occurred a while ago. If you don't know what it is, you know, just roll with it. And pro pro quite likely one of the other Australias. Okay. So first we'll just have my waffle, because I like to waffle, and then we'll settle into the Adam Goods affair. Next episode, just a total production line. I could just talk every day, all day, as I get around, whenever I'm not doing anything else. Uh, because what else do you do when you're just travelling around? I suppose you're sitting and thinking, but I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking aloud. Well, not sitting here, walking. I'm out on a walk at the moment. Okay, now, next episode. Uh, no thought into it. Uh, I'm on the general theme of Indigenous Australia. So, um, some texts, you know, just now just now with my GD, uh, so might as well just read them and see if that starts an episode rolling. Uh, okay, um, now where are we? Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. 
Okay, my GD suggests. So when we are referring to early Australia, perhaps it should be the indigenous versus the British. What she's getting at there is, why do we always say European Australia? And I think she's got a great point there. Great point. Uh, because um, the British are a thing unto themselves, surely. And I get to that. So, you know, she's a great dialectic starter, my GD. She just, she just pops up a question and she just, I think she just knows that that will get something, um, that will start something, you know. Okay, um, so, uh, uh, so what did I say in reply? Um, hmm, uh, I said sort of thing. I could dig out all my school history books and I'm pretty sure they all tend to say, then the English came or then the British came. Uh, and then she said, stop on history for one second. I need headphones. Uh, <laughs> she popped around and got some headphones from me. All right, let's go. Okay, here's my, here's the little crack at um, responding to that, that I make. Uh, and I start like this. And I'm bouncing off um, an idea that was given to me by a journalist. Um, what's his name? Indigenous activist journalist Stan Grant. Okay, I extended one of his ideas. You know, he gave me an idea once, and I thought it was great. And he said, Australia is three things. The indigenous story, the British story, and the immigration story. Three different things. Interesting how, and he's an indigenous guy, how he didn't put the British in with the, um, the rest of the immigrants per se. You know, he's, I, I think he put it, in fact, I know he put it in slightly different words. Now, let me think about that. The indigenous story, he said, this is the Australian story. The indigenous story, the British tradition, that's the word he used, and the immigration story, you know. But, you know, somehow he seems to have singled out Britain as a special case, whereas a lot of people uh, refuse to believe that. And um, a lot of people say, the British were just boat people like the Vietnamese in the 1970s. No different, you know. Why should they deny the boat people from Vietnam? Uh, we didn't, actually. We brought them in. <laughs> um, now, okay, so that's that, all right? Why should, you know, when you are boat people yourself, there were always these cartoons back then, um, pictures of, you know, and, and, and you might think Europeans are shocking people for thinking like this, but the people who were drawing the cartoons were European. People say Europeans are bastards, you know what I mean? But, you know, in the current debate that's going on on the radio at the moment, which is about uh, recognition for Indigenous people in our constitution, but, you know, people pushing for more than that and pushing for an Indigenous voice in Parliament and pushing for more than that even, you know, um, there are the radio when I listen to it, is full of people pushing, pushing for, um, you know, a very anti what you would call British Australian sentiment. And 98% of the people who are passionately against the British are what you would call maybe white people, you know. Whoa. Stop right there. I just realised. I've been listening to the ABC. There are other radio stations as well. Um, yeah, but my point still half stands, maybe. You know, just half my percentages. Did I say 
well, make it 49%. Because 49% of the other people on the other radio stations are arguing the opposite. But still, 48% is pretty good, isn't it? I used to be happy with that, if I got that, for religious studies at school. Actually, I got top of the school in Christian leadership at school in year 12. Um, that was terrible. Very, very bad move. Yeah. I would rather have been um, captain of the first 18 or ducks of maths. And I got Christian leadership. It's the worst one. And now, my, you know, I, I, I mentioned a guy, A.B., you know, in previous episodes, who, you know, um, is very quick always to point out how white people are bad, you know, in, in the rap sense, you know, like rap music. Um, but, you know, I listen to the radio, and I agree, a lot of white people are everything and more that all the rap songs say they are, you know. But I often hear, I listen on the radio to, for example, the current debate about getting greater Indigenous recognition and an Indigenous voice in Parliament and all that sort of thing. And person after person after person is passionately arguing on the Indigenous side. So when AB says white people are bad, um, he, can't be, he can't be listening to the radio you know, talkback radio, um, public discourse. He can't be listening to that. He must be just listening to rap. Or maybe when he's listening to white people, he makes sure that he's only listening to people that are going to make him angry. You know, Alan Jones, Ray Hadley... Andrew Bolt, those sorts of people. You know, because if you go out looking for people, um, they're not hard to find, those three guys, and a lot of other people like them. But if you have this kind of bias um, in which, you know, your ears prick up if you hear something that supports your hatred for white people, <laughs> well, well, you're going to find it, aren't you? You're going to find it. But look, AB, switch on to the ABC. <laughs> It'll make you feel better. That much I can promise. Uh, it will make you feel loved, actually. I, I really think that. No, it wouldn't. Um, I can't say that. I can't walk a mile in AB's shoes. It can't be done. Okay. Back to the show. Yeah, don't believe me. Listen to them. You would hear that they're nigh on anti-white. You know, so I don't know. I don't know um, how that fits in with AB's thinking, unless he only listens to rap music and sits in his bubble, much like I do sit in my bubble. But I wouldn't be making this podcast if I wasn't 
the sort of person who tries to get outside his bubble, would I? Yeah, I often say that. I'm sitting in my Essendon, in my bubble. I'm always sitting in my bubble. I never get out. I never think about anything else. I'm just in my bubble. I'm a, you know, I say that a lot. But I never stop investigating other cultures. All right, then. But anyway, let's see what I came up with in response to what my GD was saying. Um, and it is this. All right, I think, and this is me texting now, because this is all about me, because I'm selfish and I'm a pig. <laughs> all right, I think Australia is six major stories. I just came up with that in my head. I hadn't counted, hadn't counted them before I started texting. Geological Australia, the formation of the continent before there were even plants and animals. Flora and Fauna Australia, which has been almost all of Australia's entire history except for the last blink of an eye, which has been the period since the Aborigines got here. Um, British Australia, which obviously isn't even shorter blink of the eye, it's a, a nano blink. Um, British Australia, which was a major cultural and environmental revolution. British culture, British Aka in our first 150 years of white invasion. Australian culture is, I think, one of the most powerful on the planet and has defined 99% of Australian law and custom, so it deserves a category all to itself. This is me talking. Uh, white Australia immigration, which was very specific. For example, your and my wife's, I, I won't name her here, your my, and my wife's grandparents coming here in the 1950s under the same scheme and being sent to the same immigration camp, Bonagilla. Now, next Australia, non-white immigration, starting with the Vietnamese, you know, boat people, under Malcolm Fraser as a consequence of the Vietnam War, a boat people event that has nothing, pretty much opened the floodgates from then on to not total open borders, but a world of mega population and mega cities and mega melting pot of all cultures with British influence slowly waning over the coming hundreds of years for your and my god grandchildren etc the likes of which I wonder whether or not that pleases indigenous people all that much do you like the way I text in long long sentences something like the way I talk isn't it okay PS I have said here the British coming here were not boat people in any sense analogous to boat people from Vietnam or more recently from Syria or anywhere else, nor were they immigrants in any sensible way analogous to refugees these days. Oh, I think I've said the same thing twice there. And the Greeks and Italians and Hungarian immigrants, she's Hungarian, my GD, by the way, um, post-war were not in any strong way analogous to refugees these days either. Because putting a morality aside, Australia needed those immigrants. Whereas with modern refugees, it's the opposite. They need Australia, etc., etc. I have typed. That's just one of many possible perspectives I've typed. And it's loaded up with all sorts of hand grenades that would go off if I was putting this on social media. But then again, all perspectives are loaded up with live hand grenades. So, dot, 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 so what? And then my GD replies. I don't normally um, comment on her replies, but I'll say this one because it's short. She writes, it's all hand grenades. And then I text, 
P.S. Forgot to mention Indigenous Australia. I actually think I did, I, but then, uh, but that's the whole topic I'm talking about at present in my investigations anyway, so I took them for granted. Just then, texting fast for virtuous reasons, not evil, not evil reasons. That sort of thing is why it's great to never go near social media, I text here. People are too eager to go gotcha on there, even when they didn't gotcha. They are intellectually tedious, people like that. And I give a half smiley face. And then I reply to my GD, yep, it's all hand grenades and never boring, you know. Never a dull moment I would normally text there. Okay. P.S. Another reason that in colonial Australia we should refer to it as the British versus Indigenous is perhaps because to the British, by and large, on and off, depending on the country, on the European continent, the Europeans, if you like, were called the enemy. And then my GD types, you could look at it that way. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, that's wonderfully non-committal. I like that. Okay. And then I text. And I, that's, I do like that. You know, that's a good dialectic partner, that. Okay. Yeah. That's why I like talking to her. Right. And then I keep texting because I do, because that's me. The British remind me of the Japanese. Each is an island off its continent. And each is a thing unto itself. Right, me talking again for a sec. Yeah, I often think of Japan and England as two ears. <laughs> you know, and the mega continent from Asia right across to Europe in between. You know, that's the head. Yeah. Alright, back to my texts. Um, okay. Um, then I text. Oh, and then I text. And we don't bundle the Japanese in with the rest of the Asians. So... Why bundle the British in with the rest of the Europeans? Okay, that's that's it. And um, and then I just said, all oh, this is only half thought out, of course. I think I'll turn it into my next podcast, which I could call a tale of seven Australias in the 21st century and a million possible Australias in the 22nd. P.S. I'm working at History Coffee Shop. If you are popping out at any stage, we'll be there for a longish time. End of text. Podcasting. It really is too easy when you don't care about quality. <laughs> Stop the press. I was in a carefree mood just then, but I've suddenly decided to switch this episode to something more serious. I want to get back to Adam Goods again. Um, I like talking a lot about certain things. Um, now, I am actually going to read something. I, I just read my own texts. That doesn't count as reading something. I tend not to source other sources. Is that the right way to put it? Um, I tend not to quote other sources because this is a research-free zone, this podcast. I'm not into researching and preparing. Uh, however, um, you know, um, I, I, I feel like reading this one. Uh, Eddie Maguire, Adam Goods. Now, Adam Goods is one of those um, 
matters that uh, you know takes my attention because I love I like football and um, so in my bubble um, the Adam Goods thing was a big thing uh, now there'd be analogous uh, big things in other bubbles uh, but the Adam Goods one uh, even though it's only in my bubble and you may not be interested in AFL uh, and if you're not it doesn't matter because this is still relevant okay now I've chatted about Adam Goods before in my this podcast in other episodes and I'll probably come back to it, Adam Goods again but it's a big thing and in previous episodes um, I mentioned how that one had spun right out of control you know which it did and uh you know, often I sort of say there's arguments this way and arguments the other way. But in my chats about Adam Goods, you know, I always say, I tend to say nothing's black and white, you know. You can't, you can't, uh, you know. Um, you, uh, there was, was it the previous episode when I, yeah, it was, where I was talking about the climbing of Uluru. Okay, now, um, and, you know, there was uh, some commentator uh, Michael something or other I quickly forget after I've used somebody I just discard them you know whatever his name was Michael something uh, Bradley I think um, and he wrote an article and said you know and gave gave his fellow Australians a huge lecture you know and in reaction to that lecture I said well, Michael, whatever your name is, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to oppose that just because of the way you're lecturing, you know. Um, so I often say, you know, there's, it's not so black and white. Now, the Adam Goods saga, you know, let's get back to that one. Well, first, on the climbing of the, of Uluru, you know, I, I imagined a hundred people climbing Uluru today, you know, um, and what happens with Uluru is... Oh, excuse me for a second. Um, I'm just trying to avoid people because, uh, yeah, I just came out on the street to take a little break from my work. Um, the Adam Goods... Uh, sorry, the Uluru thing. I imagined 100 people climbing Uluru today. You know, at the bottom of Uluru, there's a sign saying, please, we, you know, we respectfully ask you not to climb it. You know, by the local mob, the Anangu people, okay? But I imagined 100 people climbing it. Now, this guy that gave us all the lecture in the news um, described all 100 of those people as banal and, you know, basically unthinking, you know, um, and all that sort of stuff, ignorant and, and a lot of other things too, you know, unreflective, you know. Um, reflexive, you know, that um, he, he used all these words that were sprinkled right through his, you know, he, he basically said all these people are reflexive and what he meant by that is they're unthinking, ignorant and they're just going to do as they please, they haven't thought through the issues and they're just going to damn well climb that rock um, and they're all simple morons, you know, and I think that's what he means by reflexive and if you have another meaning for the word reflexive, then you know it's not the same meaning as I have okay and um, he and he intimated no he stated that trying to argue with them would be like uh, trying to argue with Pauline Hansen 
Pauline Hanson. All 100 of them, you know. Now, I took issue with that. Um, not because I'm a racist. Not because I'm one of those banal people. Um, uh, well, you can say... Well, he would say I am banal and ignorant. And yet, here am I... Uh, making a podcast about Indigenous Australia and another one about Ethiopia and, you know, I'll make another one about Ireland, probably, and a, another one about Captain Cook and another one about penguins, right? Um, so I'm clearly, uh, you know, not flippantly and Neanderthal-like, just going grunt, grunt, grunt and noticing Ayers Rock, Uluru, and then climbing up it, you know, and, go, and then seeing the sign and saying, uh, I can't read that, you know, I'm not being that Neanderthal and yet in that article in that lecture he dished out you'd have to have a read of the previous ex- uh, listen to the previous episode he is clearly saying that anyone who thinks not like him is being that Neanderthal I really do think he thinks that okay now I took issue with that okay and yet I agreed with him I would not cl- climb that rock but I took issue with the way he was lecturing and I said, of those hundred people climbing the rock, um, um, not 100 of them, it wouldn't be the case that 100 of them were uh, just being Neanderthal in their thinking. You know, at least one of them would, be, would have thought through the whole, all the issues and was you know, climbing up there as in the... You know, I just imagine one of those people in that episode climbing up there as a protest against old men that is you know they happen to be indigenous you know but old men making what he calls stupid laws you know a natural wonder of the world one of the top seven according to some you know it is one of the seven natural wonders of the world i believe um and there is a law saying you can't go near it on this planet and the whole planet belongs to, you know, there could be a philosopher who thinks that way, that all of the planet, planet, no borders belongs to all of the people. You could just, now I'm not saying I agree with that guy, whoever that philosopher is, I might I completely disagree with him, you know, I, I, I think we shouldn't climb the rock. But the point is he's not being a Neanderthal, that's what I'm taking an issue with. Right, so, you know, I explored the shades of grey with respect to that issue. Yeah. You can smash me if you like for even daring to explore the shades of grey. Um, but if you want to smash me for um, exploring shades of grey, go away. This is not the podcast for you. You know, and, uh, you know, you're not listening to this by now anyway because I'm about 25 hours into this podcast and you would have left me long ago. So you're not even here. So that's not an issue. Right. Now, getting on to Adam Goods. That one... I, I did not explore the shades of grey with that one. The Adam Goods one. And it's on home turf because it's football and I'm into football. Right. Interesting. And I said, instead of um, discussing that one in the same depth as I discussed Uluru, the climbing of Uluru and the issues therein and thereabouts, um, with the Adam Goods one, I said, no, this one spat out of control. You know, this one lost control. That was the that that one was bad. You know, and I said that, and I said, "Geez, you know," and uh, and I said something like, "You know, if if I if I knew Adam Goods, I'd say far out." You know, 
I wish I'd done more to help you, you know, um, to, to, to have your back, you know, I got your back, you know, I've got your back, you know that phrase. Okay, um, I wish I could go back in time, you know, and I'd have your back more. Um, okay, now, looking around all the commentary at the time, um, and, and, oh, and the reason why I think that one isn't a Shades of Grey one is even if you did, now you, you know, you can find issue with what I'm saying here, but even if you had a valid reason for being, what you thought in your head was a valid reason for being upset at Adam Goods during that saga, um, and if you don't know anything about the saga, you, again, you've come to the wrong place. I won't explain all that again, but Adam Goods, Google it. It was a big drama. Um, even if I had an issue at the time with Adam Goods um, and, um, and just quietly, I, uh, I, I think that of all the people in public life, the person I was most like when it came to the Adam Good saga was Eddie Maguire, I reckon. You know, if I was to pick anyone, I wasn't like Sam Newman. Now, obviously, in this podcast, you'd have to know the issue by now. So I wasn't like Sam Newman, who, you know, uh, who was trying to be controversial. I, I reckon if I was to be like anyone, I was like Eddie Maguire. And Eddie Maguire has a, you know, Eddie everywhere they call him. But most importantly for our purposes right now, Eddie has a morning breakfast show in which he has to entertain, you know. So let's say in these podcasts I need to entertain. You know, I'm not really here to entertain. I'm not trying to be funny. Um, but, um, but imagine this was a, a lot more a comedy show and that I was under pressure to come up with jokes, for hours and hours every single day non-stop talking and come up with jokes you know uh, or banter banter is more like it. Eddie Maguire is a banterer you know okay uh, and I reckon I'd be like Eddie now first thing to say about Eddie is his profile is very similar to mine okay um, he's rough I think he's a bit younger than me not much you know what would he be I'm 56, he, I don't know how old he is actually, maybe 50, you know, I don't know how old he is, maybe he's exactly the same age as me, and I think his sort of cultural profile is very similar to mine as well, um, it's just that um, he's much more famous, and has, uh, you know, and did wonders in business and media life and everything, and he's, a, he's the uh, president of Collingwood Football Club, and he's a major success story, so I'm not any of that, I'm much more quiet sitting in a suburban house in Essendon. Okay, but Eddie Maguire and I are very similar, I think, in some ways, culturally. Now, the other thing is, Eddie is, I, I, I do think, and you can disagree with me here, that Eddie has long been, over his whole life, a champion for Indigenous stuff. You know, like he's been on the side of Indigenous people, as far as I know. Um... I think he's a lot more blokey blokey than me, you know. I think he's ruder than me. Um, I'm a bit of a square, you know. And no, no, I'm not like Eddie in that sense. He's one of those Aussie, you know, um, uh, um, Aussie 
sort of um, knockabout blokes that's, you know, that would, um, if he was, he'd like to be out with the boys and all that sort of stuff. I'm not like that, you know. In fact, at parties, I tend to sit at a table with the women more often, you know, or at least 50% of the time, you know. Um, But he's a blokey bloke, you know. but that aside, with these attitudes towards Indigenous people, as far as I know, um, you know, he was all for reconciliation and all that sort of stuff and all that sort of thing, you know. Um, yeah, all right. Now, I haven't, you know, haven't looked into his history on that all that well. But Kevin Sheedy was very, you know, very much um, arm in arm with Indigenous Sort of Essendon, the coach of long-term coach of Essendon, made you know had huge initiatives to uh, make sure that Essendon, my team, was a champion for Indigenous reconciliation. Right. So, that, so um, Kevin Sheedy, I would say, um, unless you just hate white people, you know, AB, are you listening? <laughs> Unless you think all white people are just bad. Um, I think Kevin Sheedy is one of the people, you know, who has a similar profile to me that did everything he could for Indigenous... uh, to make Essendon and AFL football um, very much a champion for pushing Indigenous reconciliation forward much better than other areas of society in much better ways, you know. I don't think football anywhere has been better than football. Aussie rules football for the Indigenous cause, um, especially when Kevin Sheedy was doing it. Look, everybody's into the Indigenous cause now, a lot more than they used to be. But I think Essendon in particular, but I'm being biased there because I'm Essendon, you know, people like Kevin Sheedy were at the forefront, the vanguard, all that sort of stuff, at the pointy end. At the cutting edge of all that stuff, you know, and, and, you know, I think he started the Indigenous, the Dreamtime at the G, the Essendon-Richmond game, which is dedicated to, you know, Indigenous round in the footy um, and all that sort of stuff, you know. All right. And I always, yeah, anyway, I won't say anymore. Now, Eddie Maguire, I think, is cut from the same cloth in terms of indigenous reconciliation and using football as a vehicle for good for that. As Kevin Sheedy is. Now, I could be wrong, yeah. I I think um, Kevin Sheedy is beyond reproach. You might know some things about Eddie Maguire that I'm kind of forgetting as I'm speaking, all right? But as far as I know, he's a pretty good bloke when it comes to indigenous reconciliation. Now, the Adam Sargas thing blew up. The Adam Saga things blew up. And the Adam... What did I say? The Adam Goods Saga blew up. And it went nuts. Um, you know, he pointed someone out in the crowd who he heard a racial slur from. It turned out to be a 13-year-old girl. Um, and um, I don't think... I'm, well, well, now thinking, would he know she was 13? For all he knew, she might have been 19. I forget what she looked like. Look, um, whatever. Point is, he heard a racial slur and he pointed, it at it, pointed her out, you know, and said, you know, that there, racial slur. And he was really upset, you know, like crazy upset um, about it. 
which, you know, I can understand. Look, she called him an ape. All right? That's a racial slur. Okay. Now, um, I think, you know, Eddie Maguire thought Adam Goods was his mate. Eddie Maguire thought he was his mate at that point in time. And I think Eddie Maguire was on the side of, geez, that's no, you know, like was on Adam Goods' side. Now, Adam, uh, then on his radio program, I don't know how long after it was, Eddie Maguire was cracking banter. You know, cracking jokes, making banter. And as part of that banter, he was, I, th- I think, you don't have to agree, but I know the way Aussies are, you know, they try and do, say the, you know, the opposite, oh, I couldn't even describe, laconic, all this sort of stuff. We've got a style of humour, um, uh, anyway, that uh, d- used to come off better, but it doesn't anymore, uh, but I won't go into that. A little bit like the Spartan humour, you know. Um, like of old, you know, because Laconia, laconic humour comes from the Spartans and the Aussies are into that as well, you know. So um, the Spartans, there's a lot of famous Spartan laconic wit uh, that you could look up on the internet if you like. And one of them was, you know, Leonidas or whatever, you know, comes, uh, you know, the Persians try and impress the Spartans with a grand... Um, castle and fortification, you know, and the Spartans uh, are brought, you know, the Spartans um, come up to the Persian, a Persian castle, and the Persians say, "This is our castle," you know, you be shocked and awed, you know, and the Spartans sit there and say, "Is this the women's quarters, or or is it the? It's, surely this isn't the the real castle, is it? You know, that sort of wit." Now. That sort of wit would be a disaster now, um, because that's that's a slur on women, you know. But that's what the Spartans used to do. Now Aussies tend to do that, and it's not good. All right. Now um, I think Eddie Maguire. Now Eddie Maguire then made his own racial slur on top of what had just happened. Now. Even the act of trying to defend him will paint me as a bad person. But he's trying to make banter because that's his job on a radio station. Go on, you try and make banter for three hours every day, day after day. Now, I personally think Eddie... Now, he did absolutely mess this piece of banter up, right? But I think he was trying to bring levity to the issue because it was spinning out of control even then. It spun out even more out of control after this um but i think he was trying to bring some levity in it and to you know um almost like he was sitting with goodsy and say and um you know as he would have called him he would have called him goodsy at the moment at that moment you know adam goods eddie Maguire would definitely and i know this much because he used to call him goodsy he used to would have said if i was sitting with goodsy right now i'd crack a joke about this disaster you know, this is what Eddie would have had in his head. Now, you don't, you don't have to agree with me, but I think this is where Eddie Maguire was coming from at the moment that he made a racial slur. And keeping in mind his history, as I claim, of um, Indigenous reconciliation over many, many, many years. All right. He's on his radio station, and I think he's imagining Adam, Adam Goods being listening and 
he cracks an Aussie-style joke banter. And uh, the movie King Kong was in Australia. Okay, so Eddie's looking for jokes and all that sort of stuff because that's what the radio station is. He attempts a moment of levity, as far as I'm, I believe. Now, for you to say that he wasn't, you'd have to get inside his head. You know, if you're AB, the Ethiopian, you know, an Ethiopian I know, and say, no, he wasn't, well, I would say, well, I say, yes, he was. He was attempting levity. You know, uh, uh, he was attempting to bring a light-hearted moment to the whole disaster, which even he thought was a disaster. And AB, who's an Ethiopian friend of mine, would say, no, he wasn't. And I'd say, yes, he was. Now, who's more likely to be more in um, Eddie Maguire's head? My friend AB, who's from Ethiopia and has recently arrived in Australia, or me, who is culturally the same as Eddie Maguire, who's likely to be more right? I say me, all right? I say me. Now, nevertheless, neither of us are in Eddie's head, but I'm going to make that claim. I reckon Eddie was attempting a moment of reverse humour, where he says a bad thing to try and lighten the whole mood. And he said this, something like this anyway, because the King Kong show, it was a, I think it was a musical or a show or something that was in Melbourne at the time. And he said, oh, we should get Goodsy down there and, um, and uh, stand out front and, uh, and give out the pamphlets or something like that, you know? Now, that is absolutely atrocious given... given how disastrous the thing was spinning out of control anyway, the whole Adam Goods saga. A sh- ridiculously off-time off joke, you know. Mistimed to the maximum, you know, to the max. Okay. And I think he knew immediately and he tried to, no, no, that's not what I meant, you know, or something like that. Um, but he messed it up. You know, now I don't think he had evil intent. I don't even think he had racist intent. You can disagree with me right there if you want. I am not going to stop you. Um, of course, I'm not going to stop you. You can't stop me talking, and I can't stop you thinking. You know, and that's what this is all about. This podcast. Now, all that was a long time ago. Um, Eddie Maguire from that moment could not call Adam Goods Goodsy. He tried to. You know, I think he did keep calling him Goodsy for a while. But, um, now, this is one item upon which I think Eddie Maguire has to, um, has to, you know, he lived by the sword of banter and he has to die by the sword of banter. And I think even he has sort of come to accept that and he's copying it. You know, he's saying, yes, I did the wrong thing, right? Now, someone like my friend AB would just write Eddie Maguire off as a racist, pure and simple. You know, you say something like that, you're gone, you're out, you know, um, you're finished. You're as racist as Pauline Hansen. Eddie Maguire and Pauline Hansen cut from the same cloth. End of story, not, not open for discussion. You know, there are people who would be like that. Um, he's finished. And it doesn't even matter if he's done 30 years of hard work for the Indigenous cause, which I don't think he's worked that hard. I don't think he's, he's up to... I don't think he's at the Kevin Sheedy level, but he is, you know, he's one of those... Um, people in football who were at the forefront of indigenous stuff, you know. Anyway, he made this banter, which was mistimed. And I'm pretty sure even I wouldn't have 
made that gaffe. You know, and you might say it's not a gaffe. It was just it came from racism deep in his soul. He is a racist white. You know, you can say that. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to disagree with that. And you're going to say, and you know, I'm I'm arguing with AB here again. AB said it came from a racist soul. And I said, no, no, I don't think he's a racist, you know, essentially. I think we all are racists. You know, I am a racist because I'm enjoying white privilege and I'm not doing much about it. So to that extent, I am a racist, you know, and so is Eddie. All right, so we are racists, AB. Um, But I don't think it was coming from a dark racist soul, what Eddie said at that moment. AB would say it is and, you know, and... uh, you would never resolve that argument, okay? We're not into resolving arguments. All right, now I'm going to read. I just came, it just came through on the news um, because Eddie has responded to the Adam Goods thing. Um, he responded at the time, of course, but it's recently all just come up into the spotlight again and, um, and it, all, it has all come up into the spotlight again uh, uh, because there's a documentary out and the documentary has laid bare all that was going on at the time. And I have already said that um, if I were to watch that documentary, I am sure that I would be shocked, you know, um, being a football person, you know, um, myself. Okay. Um, and Eddie Maguire has clearly seen the documentary. I haven't, you know. I'm not into watching documentaries and movies and all that sort of thing. I said if it comes before me, if, if it happens to come in front of me, I might get I'm not going to go looking for it. Look, I might even change my mind because, you know, this is in my zone, this one. And I am talking about Indigenous Australia. I may actually even watch this documentary. I haven't seen a movie or a documentary for at least five years, maybe more. In fact, I think it might be eight years, you know. It's a long time since I've seen any movie haven't been on social media. I'm not on social media. I don't watch movies and I don't watch documentaries. It's just not my thing. Okay. But if I was on the inside of topical matters like this, which I'm not, I reckon I would be like Eddie Maguire. So if if I was to have a commentary on what happened back then, I would probably comment the way Eddie Maguire has commented today, you know, because I think I'm most like Eddie Maguire, you know. Uh, that level of racism, okay? And AB would step in and say, there are no levels of racism. You are either racist or you're not. There's only a black and white thing going on here. All right. Now, black and white, you know, no shades of grey. Now, I am black and white on this. Uh, and I'm, I'm in agreement with Eddie for what I'm about to read because because it spans so badly out of control and... Because Adam Goods was smashed so badly, you know, if I had been in one of the crowds that was booing Adam Goods, now I don't boo at the footy, never said boo. I have never tooted my horn um, in my car. I don't toot, you know, I don't boo. You know, that's just not my thing. However, sometimes I laugh my head off when there is booing in the, at the footy, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, not not on racial grounds. You know, there's often booing at the footy because you know someone just whacked your guy and he gets booed every time he goes near the near the ball. And you know, I find that hilarious sometimes. Um, if someone whacks one of my guys and then he gets booed every time he touches the ball, that's good. You know, but I'm not a booer. Okay, but if I had been in one of those crowds, 
a lot of racist people were booing Adam Goods. But then there were a lot of, I could argue, shades of grey like I did with Uluru in the previous episode and say a lot of those people weren't booing for racial reasons. However, you've got one bloke in the middle of the ground wearing a swan's jumper and you've got 50,000 people booing him. Now, it's a crowd of 80,000 people, you know what I mean? 50,000 people booing him. Now, let's just say 30... Whether there'd be a lot of racists in that crowd, um, but a lot of people would be booing for other reasons because out of the whole Adam Goods thing, the the collective football public got a huge lecture, and you already know what I think of getting lectures. We Aussies don't like getting lectured to, you know, and um, we got lectured to, and there was a backlash against that, and I think that was behind a lot of the booing too. A lot of people were booing simply because they had got a lecture on being racists, you know. Um, so I think a lot of the crowd... Actually, I personally think maybe that most of the crowd were booing because they didn't like getting called racist. Now, you might call that immature. AB would call it simple, simply another level of racism, you know. But I think a lot of people were booing. Um, they might be... Everyone's a little bit racist, but they might, might have been booing um, because they'd got a lecture and Aussies don't like getting told what to do. And... Aussies don't like getting told what they are. In fact, no humans do. Yeah. Um, it's a vexed issue. It's vexed. Anyway, you've got this situation where, let's just say, let's entertain my idea that 30,000 people were booing for racist reasons. No, let's say 10,000 people were booing for purely racist reasons because they're just racist pigs, you know. 10,000 people because they just objected on you know to being lectured on racism yeah and everyone in between um was a bit of each all right however even if i was one of those ten thousand people who were booing because they didn't like getting a lecture remember i didn't like getting a lecture on climbing uluru either you know um i would have had some pity for the guy i really would yeah just just sheer bloke to bloke you know, I know that sounds a bit anti-feminist, but this isn't a feminist podcast. This is a football podcast. This one, no, it's an indigenous football, uh, an indigenous um, podcast. All right, now Eddie McGuire, and and I think even the people who weren't booing for racist reasons, in my construction or definition of the word racism for the purposes of this episode, even they actually were being racist in as much as the effect it was having on the poor bloke. Okay? So, um, this is where I say that one span out of control. In a way that the Uluru one isn't an out-of-the-control mess, you know? The Uluru one, whether you should climb or not, is very well planned. You know, the peop- uh, um, there was a whole agreement in place and, you know, the Anungu people... Uh, said listen you've been climbing the rock for so many years um you can climb the rock for another couple of years and then that's it is that all right the australians said yep we agree to that and that's going to be the law even from the australian perspective and i mean the nation state of australia don't go telling me oh you you know you're you're suggesting indigenous people aren't australians yes of course they're Australian. they're indigenous australians sixty-five thousand years old i'm talking about the nation state of australia 200 years old Ah, dear, 120 years old. Right. Now, so uh, that one isn't... 
you know, no one was getting smashed really um, in the same way that Adam Goods was getting smashed on the climbing of Uluru. So when the guy lectured me about the hundred people climbing Uluru and that they were all banal, um, I objected. And, you know, I said, you know, we've got a system in place. It's, it's, it's a little bit each way. Um, Aussies, you know, European Aussies, British Aussies, whatever, and tourists, Asians included, I'm sure. Um, um, you know, they're allowed to climb until October the 26th year, this year, and then all bets are off and no one's allowed to climb it from then on. You know, that's a little bit, that's, have, that's sort of striking a middle ground a little bit. It's, a, it's, it's fairly dignified, you know. And this guy was screaming, essentially, at people who were climbing even before October the 26th. I'm saying, look, give it a rest, mate. You know, this is what I honestly think. Give it a rest, mate. We've got a date. October the 26th. If anyone wants to climb before then, even the Anungu people are not getting their knickers in and not... Don't you get your knickers in and not... Why don't you just shut up and just wait for October the 26th and then everything's fine. All right? So I didn't like that Michael guy, whatever his name was, in the previous episode giving us a lecture on climbing in Uluru. Get stuffed. You know, that's how I felt. You know, because I objected to getting a lecture mostly. And this is someone who actually agrees with that Michael guy. Um, I would not climb the rock either. But I'm not going to absolutely get stuck into someone who is going to climb the rock between now and October the 26th. I'm not going to get stuck into someone like that, you know, and give them this big lecture, you know, uh, the way this guy is giving a lecture. Lectures. Everybody's giving each other lectures these days. However, uh, the Adam Goods thing... What you've got here is a crowd of 80,000 people, 50,000 of them booing. Um, and it, it's deafening when the boos get going. If you've ever been to the football, of course you've been to something like the football at least. Even if you're from ancient Rome, you've been to the Colosseum. Um, it, you know, can you imagine being in the middle of a ground with 50,000 people just booing? You know, it's loud. Yeah. Um, it, it rocks the stadium, a boo like that. Now, that was happening week after week, and there's this guy trying to play footy in the middle. And um, when I read a few things, which will round out this episode, you'll sort of think, far out, he didn't deserve that, you know. And I think I have that feeling that... Now, I'm talking a lot here, but I just want to... Um, yeah, I'm not trying to justify my position. I've already told you, AB, I am a racist. I'm not trying to pretend I'm not a racist, all right? I am, okay, to a certain extent, you know, a white privileged racist, you know. Yeah, to a certain extent, I, I, you know, when it comes to AB, he's part of the problem as far as I'm concerned, but that's in a whole other issue, all right? He's had a hard childhood too, and he's, he's been subject to racism as well and all that sort of stuff, but honestly. All right, now... This is, see, that's the extent to which I'm racist. Now, if AB was listening to that just then, he'd hate me and good luck to him. Right, so I'm not, you know, I'm not coming across as a saint here. I'm not one of your progressives. Um, so paint me any way you want. Now, um, yeah, I'm of the opinion that when all that booing was happening, I would have objected. Now, I don't know why I wasn't there, because I do go to the football a lot. Maybe Essendon didn't play Sydney right at the height of all that. I can't remember, or I missed that game. Or we were playing Sydney in Sydney at the time. I actually can't remember. Um, but I don't remember the big boos for Adam Goods. Um, so I, must have, I mustn't have been at that game. You know? 
if because even with Essendon, there would have been booing from Essendon, the Essendon crowd as well, you know. Um, no doubt about it, I reckon. Um, have to check the records. Right. Now, Eddie Maguire. Then, on top of all that, you know... Yeah, so I, I would have said, geez, go easy on the guy. No, shut up, everybody. I, would have, I reckon I would have said... I would have not liked that level of booing just because he's just a bloke and, you know, I'd picture myself standing down there getting all this, no matter what I'd done or not done, you know. Um, and that's just... I don't know. That is probably where... The extent to which I'm compassionate. You know? Okay. So... Yeah, so I'm prepared to say that that one spanned so far out of control that there was no excuse for booing. There's my central point. Now, Eddie Maguire um, has... uh, There's an article right in front of me. I'll just read it. I spoke a lot then, and um, I just wanted to. I never apologise for wanting to speak a lot. If I feel like speaking a lot, I do. All right, here we go. Reading. And this is from a left-leaning newspaper. We have a left-leaning and a right-leaning. This is from a left-leaning, so I don't know what they've edited out and edited in, because the left-leaning papers would want, tend to want to paint people. They all want to sell papers. That's a huge factor with the media. This is why I'm not really into reading media or social media, um, because it can't be trusted. I can be trusted in this podcast because I'm not trying to do it to get anyone's attention. I'm I'm not trying to make friends. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to make money. I'm not even trying to get likes. In fact, I've taken major steps to not be liked in this podcast. So I've got that virtue. But the media has not got that virtue, all right? Always keep in mind they're trying to sell papers and polarise people too. Um, The way the media works, they'll sell less papers if they try to calm a frenzy down. All right? So no newspaper is going to try and calm a frenzy down. If there's a frenzy to be had, they'll try and escalate it, okay? Um, The media is evil like that. It really is because it's got a commercial angle. It's evil, you know. And this is one of the evil newspapers. This is the evil left-leaning newspaper. And there's another one, the evil right-leaning newspaper here in Melbourne. Okay, let's let's read it with that in in mind, okay. Um, Eddie Maguire has taken to the airwaves to describe the moment he sat down to watch the new Adam Goods documentary describing the film as both confronting and heartbreaking. The television and radio veteran, who is also the president of the Collingwood Football Club, features in the critically acclaimed documentary The Final Quarter, thanks to his infamous comments about goods and the stage adaptation, well it says adaption, um, of King Kong. The film debuted at the Sydney Film Festival earlier this year and aired on Network 10 on Thursday evening. I don't even have TV at home, so I missed it, of course. Um, I think I might try and watch it, you know, given I am into football and I am into this issue. So, you know, it collides there, doesn't it? All right, let's read on. On Friday morning, Maguire fronted his Triple M breakfast show to tell listeners the film gave him a bit of a kicking. Now, that's Aussie understatement, you know, if you're listening, AB. You know, you might be saying he should have said, he should have come out and said it smashed him, you know, because it did smash him apparently, this documentary, from what I've heard. But 
Um, it's called understatement, AB. All right. Reading on. It's very confronting and it's heartbreaking to be involved in it in a negative way, he said. I encourage people to watch this documentary. What you have to do in these situations is you have to front up to things. It's an eye-opener. And if that's the bottom line, it's been a worthwhile exercise. Right. Now, AB has already written, um, written him off, Eddie Maguire, despite, no matter what he says. You know. And I think Eddie is copying it too. And so, you know, Eddie is gone. I agree. Eddie's gone on this one. He never gets to call Adam Goods Goodsy again unless Adam Goods lets him. All right? And, you know, and I, I'm with Adam Goods because this one's span out of control. Um, so, no, you're out, Eddie. But I, here's the thing. This is where I'm like Eddie. I think Eddie agrees. He's not trying to clamber back on top. You know, he's not trying to regain his indigenous um, credentials here. I think he's just saying, no, just go and watch the thing. I'm, you know, uh, I stuffed up. I'm out, you know. Um, all right. And that's what I, you know, I'd, I'd be like Eddie here in the same situation if I'd made that gaffe. So, okay. So, um, yeah, what Eddie is saying here, I think I'd be saying in the same situation. All right. Now, reading on. Maguire said there were plans to screen the documentary at his son's school and he would conduct a Q&A session afterwards. Eddie Maguire is very influential, by the way. So he, would, he could easily just go to the school and do that. Reading on. He also encouraged people to watch a second documentary on the Adam Goods saga from broadcaster Stan Grant. Aha! I mentioned him before. What a coincidence. You know, in my little in, flippant intro before. Uh, okay. When it comes out later this year. I hope it gives us an opportunity to, if it's applicable to Adam, to get Adam back into the game, he said. Now, I happen to know. Eddie used to call him Goodsy. Okay, so there you go. He's copying it, you know. I hate the guy, says AB. All right, yeah, good on you, AB. Okay, let's move on. I'm not trying to defend Eddie Maguire here, and I'm not trying to defend myself, AB. AB's going to be my little touchstone, you know, person who's too far the other way in these podcasts, I've decided. I've never identified who he is, so it doesn't matter. He's a, a universal AB. You know the type. And there's a universal Pauline Hansen type too on the other side. You know, there's white haters on the black side and there's black haters on the white side, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not friends with either, really. I said AB is my friend. He's not really. I'm just using him, you know. All right. Um, I hope it gives us an opportunity to, if it's applicable to Adam, to get Adam back into the game, he said. Right. Because uh, he's been hounded out of the game, by the way, Adam Goods. Hounded out. We haven't seen, you know, normally ex-champions, you see them all around, you know, at presentations and all that sort of stuff. You know, Adam Goods just disappeared. Um, shocking stuff. All right, let's keep going. I really want to open up and talk about things and be open to a solution. We want people to understand and look after Indigenous footballers, says Eddie. Okay? Now, reading on. Maguire's radio co-host, formal, former AFL Luke Darcy, added, I feel, like it's an, I feel like as an industry we got it wrong at that time. Now, I think from memory, I, I wasn't listening to the radio broadcast at the time. I don't listen to radio broadcasts, I listen to podcasts. Um, I heard, I think Luke cut in when uh, Darcy cut in 
when um, Eddie made that gaffe and said, and I think he opposed him and said, but I could be wrong there. Maybe everyone on the panel uh, joked and laughed along. I can't remember. Okay. It really doesn't matter for the, my current purposes. Okay. Reading on. Now, that's the end of the quotations from Eddie. Here comes the commentator, whoever he is. Uh, you know, the journalist is, is speaking now. The final quarter, the latest offering from Australian director Ian Darling, examines the end of Goods' celebrated career. The documentary is made up of archival audio and footage instead of recent on-camera interviews. The hour-long film touched on Maguire's widely condemned King Kong comments, as well as the racial slur goods copped from a 13-year-old Collingwood supporter. The two-time Brownlow medalist, who won two premierships with the Sydney Swans and was also named Australian of the Year in 2014, was booed at subsequent AFL games and announced his retirement shortly after. Director Ian Darling has previously said the film is an unflinching look at what racism looks like. Okay. One of our greatest footballers, who happened to be Indigenous and a proud Australian of the year, was literally booed out of the game, he said. Adam did so much talking over that period, far more than I realised. Square brackets before starting the documentary, close square brackets. Um, I actually agree with him. I don't remember all that, but um, they've got this documentary, and I'll take it on faith that Adam Goods was saying a lot of good things. And I'm going to read another thing afterwards in which that proves to be the case. For example, I saw something in the news, which I'll try and find again, in which straight after the game, once Adam Goods realised it was a 13-year-old girl and all that sort of thing, um, 28 times said, listen, I'm not having to go at the girl, you know. Um, I just heard a racial slur, you know what I mean? Um, she needs support. Uh, she's, you know, back the poor thing, you know, back the poor girl and all that sort of stuff. Apparently he said that 20, no less than 28 times, okay, in one interview, okay? So that's interesting. That's interesting. I don't remember any of that, but the documentary's got the actual footage, so it's there. And apparently Adam Goods was distraught for the girl as well. Now, that's interesting, you know, because that's not the message I received. You know, a lot of people were just smashing him for picking on a 13-year-old girl, but I think I think he didn't want to let it go still, Adam Goods. He said, it is a problem that I got called an ape. I think he was hurt. Um, it was. See, it's more complex, isn't it, okay, than people who say, 13-year-old girl, you should shut up, Goodsy. You know what I mean? It's not that simple. The racial, the racism is still there, even if it was a 13-year-old girl. Okay, it's complex. And given it's been out of control, yeah, my, my instinct is let's go with Goodsy on this one. Now, I don't get to call him Goodsy either. You know, I get to call him Adam, just like Eddie Maguire does, because I have already said in the same situation I think I would have acted like Eddie. I kind of think I wouldn't have made that gaffe, as I said. However, I think I'm the same profile as Eddie Maguire, so I've got no more right to call him Goodsy, although even I would have probably... No, I wouldn't have called him Goodsy before either because he wasn't on my team. But if he was on my team, I'd call him Goodsy. Absolutely no doubt about that. You know, even with my white privilege style racial profile, I would have called him Goodsy and I would have considered him a mate, you know, um, <laughs> by uh, a virtual mate, you know, because we love our players, we don't know them. Oh, look, I do know a few people, you know, um, but not properly, you know, not personally. You know, as I've said before, I've got a photo of um, 
you know, longy with my daughter on his knee when my daughter was one, you know, because I went up to him and I just thought, oh, he's just one of my heroes, you know. Um, and he was, you know, he was good enough to put my daughter on his knee and, and all that stuff. And I wasn't thinking about his indigenousness or something. I was thinking I just love that guy, you know. It's Michael Long. All right. But, you know. Okay. Now, here comes this um, guy speaking still on this, um, in this article, the uh, director of the, the documentary. The problem was that as a nation, we didn't listen to him. All right, now that's interesting. I think I'll agree with that. So you can see as the film unfolds how it has affected him so profoundly. You know, even as I read this, I'm feeling upset for the guy. All right. Now, there are right-wingers who'd be listening to this podcast who are hating me talking like this, but, you know... I, I don't care about um, people on the left sometimes and I don't care about people on the right, you know. I care about me in this podcast and what I think. I'm emptying my head. I'm not trying to be nice. I'm not trying to be compassionate. I'm not trying to move the country forward. I'm saying what I think. Okay. And that's the end of the um, article, except for, a, you know, a nothing comment that says, AFL staff have since apologised go- to goods, admitting they did not do enough to call out racism and discrimination. Yeah. And by that I mean, I, I assume they mean open square brackets at the time, closed square brackets. Belatedly, I think they are trying to do that right now. Now, I might later try... Yeah, that's the end of my lunch break, let's say. I might later and try and um, find another article or two which I thought were really good and add it to this podcast. This podcast can now be called... You know, I started off saying it's going to be about seven Australias um, in the introduction, but I've changed my mind. It's going to be called Adam Goods. Another look, you know, something like that. So it's just about one of the Australias. No, two of them, isn't it? Whatever. It's about all the Australias. Everything's about all the Australias. All right. Um, We shall see if I find another article. You'll know after this. Right then, I found that other um, article that took my attention. I can't believe it took my attention. Its title is Three Pieces of Fake News the Adam Goods Booers Believed. That is exactly the sort of headline that normally turns me off because it sounds very social media-ish. Um, and it's written by someone called Ant Sharwood. And I'll just assume he's not being a saint after the fact. And I can't even, I don't even recognise the publication, 10daily.com.au, whatever that is. Okay, but it took my attention, so I'll read it, you know. Um, all right. And, you know, the Adams goods booers believe well not all of them (laughs) some of them and i haven't established i haven't checked how fake these things are yet Uh, the first one he's he staged for free kicks well against essendon i remember he used to in fact um and this was before this whole incident and it's got nothing to do with him being indigenous at all um and I remember, 
Kevin Sheedy, um, you know, calling him a protected a protected species with the umpire, a protected species with the umpires. Again, nothing to do with his indigenous indigenousness, um, but you know, unless you're AB, oh, I'm I'm sort of a, you know, AB is now a fictional character, <laughs> um, who's the sort of person, you know, way over on one side of the black-white divide, the opposite of a, you know, a Ku Klux Klaner loving type person on the other side, right? AB is a universal fictional sort of character now in my podcast. He's not real anymore, okay? Um, okay, so now Kevin Sheedy, Essendon coach, you know, a champion for the Indigenous cause, but he once... Um, said after a game, Adam Goods, he's a protected species, uh, because Adam Goods got a lot of free kicks that game and had been getting quite a... Well, we don't know whether that's conservatism bias or whatever it's called, we Essendon supporters, because that's part of being tribal. Um, However, we did have that feeling that he was a protected species. But this is all way before this incident. You know, this is before the Adam Goods saga. So none of that counts, you know, as... You can't roll that into this saga, you know, um, because that was before the saga and it had nothing to do with his indigenousness. Uh, yes, it did, says AB. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm getting at. Right, he staged for free kicks. Okay. Um, he staged for free kicks. All right, here's the article. Here's a stat to put that into perspective. In 2015, when the booing peaked, Goods finished equal 195th among all AFL players on the list of free kicks earned. Over the course of the season, he earned just 14 free kicks. The leaders were awarded 64. If he was staging for free kicks, then it was the first thing in his glittering uh, dual Brownlow medal, dual premiership winning career that Adam Goods did really badly, exclamation mark. And at least 194 other players should have been booed much more than him. All right, he's he's gone into the stats for 2015, the year when all this happened. But that was, you know, um, on when Kevin Sheedy was complaining that he was a protected species, that was in previous years, so I'd love to see the stats on that. And, you know, maybe there was, you know, maybe he didn't get so many free kicks. Um, but there, well, this, um, this number one um, sort of attack, you know, um, three pieces of fake news. No, no, that's he's only just taken a small sample during the saga. Um, no, you can't do that. That's, so number one. I reject as um, good journalism, you know. Um, okay, what about over the course? Why didn't you just give the stats for over the course of his career? That's just as easy. Now, now that's interesting. Why did he? Why did this guy give Adam Goods' stats for that year, two thousand and fifteen, at the peak of the booing? Um, if why not just if it really stats are really easy to get these days why not get all of his stats you know 
is he being I, I, I smell a rat okay let's leave it that's got nothing to do with what you know, anything I said there has nothing to do with the indigenous with the issue all right right next thing and this one clearly is something to do with the issue the saga okay he picked on a girl okay against Collingwood in 2013 Goods famously pointed towards a crowd member who called him an ape. This is the moment that started the booing. Okay, so there you go. There were tens of thousands of people in, the, in that MCG crowd that day. Goods pointed to the area from which the insult had emanated and the person who slurred him turned out to be a 13-year-old girl. People claimed Goods bullied her. No. Watch the doco tonight. It features large chunks of the Goods press conference the following day. In it, he expresses sympathy for the girl on no fewer than 28 occasions. Yes, comma, 28. Uh, see, I, I don't... I, I, that's... That's um, pushy journalism, but anyway, okay, okay, whoever you are writing this. If he was a bully, then he was even worse at that than he was at staging for free kicks. Right, so that's the next bit. Um, I'm inclined to um, go with this journalist on that point, but I still don't go for point number one. I haven't. He hasn't proven to me that goods did not goodsy i'm still gonna call him goodsy i don't care um goodsy um because i didn't make a gaff like eddie mcguire did um so i'm allowed to call him goodsy if i if i called him goodsy before i can call him goodsy now because i haven't actually put my foot in it like eddie mcguire yet okay um right number one i give this journalist the thumbs down number two i give him the thumbs up um yeah i, I dare say that he wasn't bullying a 13-year-old girl, as far as I know. Okay, now, some of the things Goods said at the press conference the morning after included, it's not her fault, and I don't put any blame on her, and the person who needs the most support right now is the little girl, and it is not a witch hunt. I don't want people to go after this young girl, and I just hope she gets some support, and people need to cut this girl some slack, and he's writing all these ends. She's a young kid. Kids are innocent. And I've got no doubt in my mind she had no idea what she was calling me last night. We need to help educate her and educate society that things like this are hurtful. I actually remember him saying that one. He said a lot more besides all that too in defense of the little girl. Pick on her. He did the opposite. Okay. I, I'll go with that completely. I, I'm, I'm on this guy's side now, whatever his name is. What is his name? I'll go back up again. Aunt Sharwood, you know. All right, whoever you are, Aunt Sharwood, and however virtuous you were back at the time, um, which probably was. I don't even know who this guy is. Now, next one. He disrespected Australia in his Australian of the Year acceptance speech. Okay, this is what the booers claimed. Now... There were thousands and thousands of people booing. Oh, look, probably 
this guy did have insight into what those thousands and thousands were thinking. I doubt it. I, I, I lay odds. Sometimes these people who write these articles have got insight into the small section of those people who rant and rave on social media and then they conflate that, did I use the right word there, um, with, um, or extrapolate it, uh, to whatever is said in those rants on social media, they extrapolate that to be what everyone who isn't on social media, for me, uh, for example, me, um, is thinking, okay? That, now, that's a, I think that's really important. There are a lot of people on social media, but there's a small number of people who rant and say shocking things. They really say shocking things, you know? And these are people on the left, the right, and everywhere in between. Okay, now there is a small, and I would say it's a tiny percentage of people who rant and rave on social media. Um, but journalists, that's where they get their information from. Is it not? Where else do they? You know, if there's 10,000 people booing at, um, or 50,000 people, 20,000 people booing at Adam Goods, um, do these journalists, or do they not, get onto social media to get a gauge on what's behind the booing. Is that true? And if they do, aren't they getting a very skewed idea of what's behind the booing? Because they're only getting the most, the, the people who are the sorts of people who would rant and rave on social media, and do they not extrapolate that to the rest of the crowd? I think so. Nevertheless, I stand by what I said earlier. Given the booing itself was so bad, um, at these games, um, you know, had I been at one of these games, I wouldn't have liked it. I'll still say that, you know. And I, I think everyone who was booing, especially the ones who were booing furiously, know all of them, you know. Um, given the circumstance of this one, it's different if someone's whacked one of your players and you're booing him for that. He knows why he's getting booed, you know. He knows he hasn't done anything wrong. Um, I mean, he knows that he has done something wrong, you know. Anyway, let's, let's listen to this. He disrespected Australia in his Australian of the Year acceptance speech. Um, I won't read this one. I dare say that this guy, Ant Sharwood, you know, I've scanned it, is right. Oh, look, I will read it because it shows, it, it goes to the character of um, Adam Goods, which, as far as I can tell, he's... He um is a great you know like he was a very worthy Australian of the year and uh, a top bloke you know like a really good guy um right many have claimed this they're wrong I'm reading now watch the speech below oh I'm not going to do that I don't watch clips really um goods offered only words encouraging conciliation and love of country in part he said. I'm not here to tell you what to think. Ah, he's like me, Adam Goods. Or how to act or raise your children. Now that I like, Adam Goods. Um, that's what this podcast is all about, not telling anyone what to think. Um, uh, but still, you know, smashing anyone who gives me a lecture because they're telling me what to think, so it's different. Do you get that? <laughs> all right. 
All I am here to do, says, uh, go, you know, continuing on, Adam Good speaking here, all I am here to do is to tell you about my experiences and hope you choose to be aware and hope, you see, hope you choose to be aware of your actions and interactions so that together we can eliminate racism. Next thing, and, you know, this guy, ah, uh, it's, yeah, okay, and, says, and. Showwood. All right, next next um, quote from Adam Goods, and I do like this stuff. I'm so grateful for this award and this honour. However, the real reward is when everyone is talking to their mates, to their families and their children, having those conversations and educating others about racism. Couldn't agree more. And he's not unlike me here, as far as I can tell. Um, except, you know, um, I'm... You know, I'm not a good guy. <laughs> I'm more like an Eddie Maguire who hasn't put his head foot in it. You know, I'm more like that. And um, and I'm nowhere near as successful as Eddie Maguire, Maguire. And I don't think I'm anywhere near as blokey bloke as him, as Eddie Maguire. Um, I am a bit different than Eddie Maguire, but, you know, yeah, I, I saw where Eddie Maguire was coming from. I mentioned all that. Okay, the ultimate. Now this is Adam Good speaking again. The ultimate reward is when all Australians see each other as equals and treat each other as equals. To me, everything is about people and the choices we make. I believe it's the people and the interactions between us that makes this country so special. Thank you so much, and have a great Australia Day. Now I like that. I do like that. That's very nice. Um, so I could make some commentary about that, but and you know, and if I was to make an Australia Day speech, um, I'd probably say something very similar to all that. So maybe he's not so different to me. Okay, now, now Aunt Sharwood, he makes some commentary about this. We all make commentary. So here's Aunt Sharwood's take. Okay. Uh, he's got this slightly lecturing way about him too, Aunt Sherwood. I don't like lecturing, really. Okay. Here's Aunt Sherwood. These were words to bring a nation together, not tear it apart. It's worth noting that a month after that speech, Goods had a quite visceral reaction to a documentary about Indigenous Australians called Utopia, after which he penned a column in which he said, all right, quoting from Adam Goods again, Imagine watching a film that tells the truth about the terrible injustices committed over 225 years against your people, a film that reveals how Europeans and the governments that have run our country have raped, killed and stolen from your people for their own benefit. I've made that point too. I agree with Adam Goods there. I've said if there's one thing I know about Europeans, I've said this one over and over if you've listened to all these podcasts I make, is the Europeans we're greedy <laughs> we're coded greedy you know law of the jungle you know um and um you know like like lions are greedy when they're um spreading out over the savannah looking for gazelle they're greedy so um yeah i think that is one of the things that we europeans um yeah not all of us right Oh, I see why he's quoted that one. That Now, that is a... Um, it's worth noting 
that a month after that speech, Good Goods had a quite visceral reaction to a documentary. This is a separate thing, where in which he said, "Imagine watching a film that tells the truth, etc., etc., etc." All right, that's fair enough. That's the sort of thing I would say. You know, you say a lot of things in in your life, right? People have often claimed he said those words in his Australian of the Year speech. He didn't. End of story. I kind of think, so what? Um, he still said it. I don't even know what he's getting at with that. People said it. Well, it doesn't matter when he said it. If he, Yeah, all right. Okay. I don't know if that was a good article. Look, I like reading all these things and saying all these things because even though it all seems vague, all these things I put together... Um, it's all building a picture of Australia. Yeah. All right. And that'll do for that this episode. That's enough. I finished off on a very social media-ish type of article. Um, lightweight. And, you know, right. I deserved everything I got if I would go and read an article that says three pieces of fake news the Adam Goods booers believed by some publication online called 10daily.com.au Alright. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.